Hi everybody, it's Barry here and it, I'm back. <laughs> I've had a couple of months off writing and uh, it's just so good to be back with you guys and um, back into the writing groove. I just love writing and sharing my thoughts with you. It's kind of um, sorts things out in my own brain and uh, hopefully helps your brain too. But uh, today's topic is, uh, it's not a very... <laughs> It's when you're looking into your real dark stuff, into things you've done on, or things other people have done to you. So it's not a nice topic, but it's actually a very important topic. You see, we all trip, we all fall, and we all land in the black at times, don't we? But I have found uh, with grace, uh, a friend can come along and offer like a, a pinpoint of light. I remember a time when I, um, I was pastoring and this guy came and he and I both knew what he had done. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, but I still loved him. And I told him that I loved him too. And uh, he found that hard to believe, but that he was worthy of anybody's love. But in all honesty, he was uh, a sinner just like me. And we were both beggars uh, trying to find a scrap of bread. And uh, I love this quote from N.T. Noel, D.T. Niles. Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. And that's so so true, isn't it? Um, it's that relationship, that connection where you you share the life. And you say, hey, this is, this is what I found to help. And can we go there together? But he, he, he sat there. Uh, recalling all the things he'd done and all the pain that he'd caused others. And, and he needed to. And I pray that he would feel both the embrace of compassion from myself and also the compassion from Christ around his heart. And we actually had some bread, some grape juice, and a little feast of forgiveness and reconciliation. And two sinners, you know, both needing a spark of hope. Uh, he, he was appalled by what he had done. And I knew that forever his word, this would be like part of the cross he would have to carry. Uh, my most read post on turning the page is, Take my life, God, I want to die. And it's the most read uh, because people worldwide type in, God, I want to die, and into their Google search engine, and it brings them to uh, turning the page. To that particular page, and there's a link in the uh, on the website for this particular uh, post. Uh, but it might be like a momentary instance of despair, uh, like something just suddenly crashes and the and the world just goes blur, or it could be like a very well laid entrenched thinking pattern that they've got that uh, they want to die. Regardless, uh, they are all in pain. And it's like an unbearable feeling is flooding through their soul and they just want it to stop. They express it by saying they want to die, but I think it's more likely they simply want the pain to end. And they're coming to an awareness of the cross they're carrying. I read this quote about what Jesus meant when he said that those who follow him need to take up their cross. The cross Jesus asks us to carry is yourself. It's all the pain inflicted on you in your past and all the pain you've inflicted on others. 
That was from Thomas Keating. Now that's a very, very heavy cross, isn't it? It's uncomprehensively heavy. It's, yeah, it's, you can't even get a grasp of how heavy that cross is, but, and if we did, it'd be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, if I was to fully realise um, all the pain that's been inflicted on me by others, if I was somehow to be able to measure it and look at it, and if I was to be able to um, look at all the pain I've caused others, uh, even like a, a taste of that would trigger a desire in me to die. It's the most appalling awareness. And we find that in David, you know, where he said, I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Psalm 51 verse 3. And then there's my friend Job. <clears throat> and he said, I had heard of you, this is talking about God, by hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. So he's fully comprehending just how small he is. Uh, and therefore I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. This is Job 42, 5 and 6. And then there's, of course, the prodigal son. And he says, I, had set out, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Luke 15.8 And Isaiah, he said that, Then I said, My doom is sealed, for I am a foul-mouthed sinner, a member of a sinful, foul-mouthed race. Isaiah 6.5 And then there's another one, um, a more modern-day, non-biblical one. And this is a guy called Brennan Manning. And he writes in his biography, uh, All His Grace, this. He says, I've been a priest, then an ex-priest, husband, ex-husband, amazed crowds one night and then lied to my friends the next, drunk for years, sober for a season, then drunk again. I've been John the Beloved, Peter the Coward, Thomas the Doubter, all before the waitress bought the cheque. I've shattered every one of the Ten Commandments six times Tuesday. And if you believe the last sentence was for dramatic effect, it wasn't. You see, it's this darkness that seems to keep on getting darker and darker as you go deeper into the cave. It entombs you. It, it actually kind of buries your life. It's the appalling awareness and weight of a cross just too heavy for anyone to bear. And, and we need to go there if we are ever to fully comprehend the delight of grace and forgiveness. And when you enter into that dark hold, I pray, well, I pray that you'll find a vicarious or acting on or done for another, a vicarious one, one that carries the cross of the whole world's crimes against humanity, past, present and future. And on that cross, he, he, he dies, but there is a resurrection Sunday. You know, I, I am appalled by the depth of how I stray but I am delighted by the gift of a little light into my dark hole. Uh, you see, justice is getting what I deserve, right? Uh, mercy is not getting what I deserve. And grace is getting what I don't deserve. And we can only delight in grace and, and dance in grace when we fully know the appalling darkness of our sin. You know, the prodigal son's brother... <laughs> You know the story. You know he he came out and criticised his his father for.
or throwing a party for the prodigal son who came back. But he couldn't dance and feast with his graceful father because he had not fully entered into his own blackness. You know, he noticed the specks in other people's eyes, but failed to notice the log jam in his own eye. Jesus said this, Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Well, how can you say to your neighbor, Let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. That's Matthew 7, 3-5. Seriously, if I am to connect with a broken man or woman, appalled by their sin, then I must be appalled by my own. I need to own my own log in the eye. You know, it's, it's level ground at the foot of the cross. <laughs> Everyone must come broken to find some bread and wine. You see, we, we judge according to what we see, but God judges the heart. God knows that the truest state of the heart. We, we judge like the older brother, but God is so excited to have uh, the prodigal's home. Now, what is the greatest of, of all sins? <laughs> this is the greatest of all sins. Da, da, da. Now, nah, it's, it's all black, isn't it? Um, every momentary shift of gaze Away from God is as black as coal. Uh, Simone Wheel says that sin is not a distance. Uh, it's a turning of our gaze in the wrong direction. And I, I like to think just just a, just a slight shift. Just a slight shift away from uh, God. And we always we do it all the time. That's what sin is. Um, perhaps the greatest of all sins is pride. You know, according to Christian teachers... The essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that. These, this is a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, drunkenness and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was, though, it was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. C.S. Lewis. And John Stott says that pride is our greatest enemy. Humility is your greatest friend. What is pride? Well, it's to think I know better. It's to sit in dustbeck judgment of others. Uh, to sit above and not beside. To speak when I could listen. To grumble when I could grieve. Uh, the people that concern me the most are those that have formed a, like a daily self-flagellation habit of dark, darkness gazing. Darkness gazing. And all they do is focus on the cross of hurts done to them and the hurts they have done to others. Yeah, it's, it's a grip of despair and darkness. They have done this for so long that the brain sees it as normal. The firing pathways see this as the way to life. Uh, and that this is the way you live life. It becomes a lifestyle of self-abuse, self-loathing, self-condemnation and self-death that has no room for any light to enter its hole. And all one can do is try to understand and perhaps point them to a resurrection light shining out of a dark tomb. 
a gardener <laughs> with a wound on his side and nail holes in his hands. And we stand and together follow him out of our dark hole. Here's some quotes to consider. The reason we suffer is sin and suffer is not so much because we are weak, but because we are simply human. To be human means to be imperfect and in process. Richard Raw, Job and the Mystery of Suffering. Uh, and Frederick Birkner, I'm not sure how to say his name. Sorry, Frederick. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe that God's chief purpose in giving us memory is to enable us to go back in time so that if we didn't play those roles the right first time round, we can still have another go <laughs> at, at it now. Another way of saying it is perhaps is that memory makes it possible for us both to bless the past, even those parts that we have always felt cursed by. And also to be blessed by it, what the forgiveness of sins is all about. Brenna Manning, the men and women who are truly full with light are those who have gazed deeply into their darkness, into the darkness of their own imperfect existence. And Brene Brown, she says, owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Uh, perhaps this has prompted something in you. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Email me. It's barry at turningthepage.co.nz And um, just a big thank you to all my supporters who put a little bit of money into my... <laughs> through through um, donor box and through Patreon and all that sort of stuff. It's, it all helps to keep this thing going. And if you'd like to become part of the team, uh, just head over to the website, turningthepage.co.nz uh, forward slash support. Hey, and until next week, um, see if you can find someone who you can just sit with and listen. Okay, thanks. Bye.